And I'm looking at this money and I'm thinking like, why am I invested in these companies? Like literally, like I was asking myself, I was like, why do I like know the four PE ratios? Do I, do I look at the quarterly earning reports? Like, why do I think these are good? And I was like, well, this is more based off of a, a hunch. Welcome to the Wealth Matters podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Pamar. Welcome to Wealth Matters podcast. I am going to talk to someone who is as passionate as I am about Bitcoin. Matthew has it has been involved in crypto since 2017. Um, I started investing in 2016 as well. And but he believes Bitcoin will be worth 4.5 million in the future. So I'm looking forward to this episode. Also on Wealth Matters, we have not spoken about cryptocurrencies, even though. I mention about it all the time that I had a cryptocurrency mining business between 2017 through 2019. Uh, but I wanted to have someone else who knows a lot more about crypto than me. And finally, we have someone. So I'm looking forward to this episode. Welcome, Matthew. Apesh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So let's start with some fun. Tell us something interesting or funny about yourself. Uh, let's see something interesting about me. Well, I mean, as of the time of recording this, I am living in Chiang Mai, Thailand. So I'm halfway across the world. I'm not sure where most of your uh, guests are from, but uh, yeah, I'm halfway across the world. It's 6.37 a.m. I have a 13-month-old son. He's asleep right now. He didn't wake up at 5 a.m. So, so life, life is good right now. <laughs> no, I, uh, I know. And that, that that's great. So Matthew is from you in United States of America as well, and he moved to Thailand. And uh, yes, I would say 80% of my guests are from US of A. So yeah, welcome. And, and sorry, it's too early, but uh, we got to record yeah, no this. Worries. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, so what took you to Thailand? Yeah, so uh, I left the States back in 2016 to uh, attempted fail to move to German, Germany. So I moved to Berlin. I was there for about two months and I had some things that were lined up and things were falling through. And then I really had to start thinking as far as like, what do I want to do? Do I, you know, my visa, do I want to stick around? Do I really want to live in Germany? So my brother kept chirping in my ear to you know, basically you know, keep traveling. So I was like, okay. So I just continued to travel. And then I came to Thailand. And then long story short, I fell in love. I got married to my wife back in 2018. We had wow. a child, got a house. And so now I've been living here. We had, we had uh, plans to come back to the States, you know, loosely you know before COVID hit right we were like oh we're gonna come back in 2019 it was like okay now we're gonna then there was problems with the visa so then we're like okay we're gonna come back 2020 and then COVID hits and then now it's like mm, we don't know when we're coming back <laughs> so so that's how a long roundabout way how I wound up in Thailand hey and I don't want to take over your conversation but it's funny when you mention about visa 
That, that is what I went through and a lot of uh, people like me go through when we moved to United States of America. <laughs> so when yeah. I moved here, you know, the entire thing was visa, visa, visa. Finally, of course, I'm a U.S. citizen. But yeah, uh, it, it, it was a difficult journey. And, and people here would not realize that what we go through as an immigrant, right? It's not just yeah. the work, it's the culture, it's the visa. That is just a lot more <laughs> to go yeah, through. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't imagine... Uh, well, sometimes I think I, sometimes I think it's going to be easier. No, I actually I don't know. Sometimes I think it'll be easier being an immigrant to America. Like in Thailand, you have to do this ninety day reporting, which is so. Imagine like if you if you if you're not a citizen, right? So let's say you have a green card and whatnot. So you have to do this thing. It's called a ninety day report. Wow. And every night, every ninety days, you have to go. You're supposed to go to the immigration office. You basically sign this paper and say like, yes, I'm still here. And then you're like, okay. And then you get another 90 days. So they, they, they've been doing this on the, on the internet as well. It's, uh, it's moderate to, it's moderately worked successfully, but it, it's been down for the past four or five months. You know, they can't hire a IT person apparently to get it working. Um, you know, just weird stuff, weird stuff like that. Like, if you're if you're living in San Francisco and you wanted to fly to Colorado, right? You're technically supposed to when you arrive in Colorado, you're supposed to fill out a form and say like I have left my uh, you know bungalow in San Francisco and now I'm in wow. Colorado. And then when I go back, it's like so you're you're, they, you're definitely um, a guest. There's no right. Uh, you're you're you know America. There's more a little bit more diversity, right? Oh so yeah, it's like, yeah. You're like, if I'm in a grocery store and somebody sees me, they know, they know I'm a foreigner, right? They know yeah, I'm a foreigner. Right. Like, I'm, they know, like, nobody would like come up to you, right? In the middle of San Francisco at Vons or something and be like, excuse me, sir, are but you I, from oh, yeah. America? <laughs> you know, like, that's racist. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. No like way. Tyler, they're I, just like, yeah, no, we know you, foreigner. I, I, I could relate. So, yeah, you, you are. 100% right. America, that is why this is a, you know, country built on immigrants, right? Uh, that, and America is so different. And that is why the another thing, it's called land of opportunities, right? Because everyone gets almost equal opportunities, right? Of course, there are some issues here and there, but, but you know, uh, this is why who I am right now, because, you know, I was able to move here over 20 years ago and I got so many opportunities, right? There were challenges, but I was able to get through all of that because, uh, you know, there were, uh, as you said, there are a lot, you get a lot of chances basically. <laughs> for sure. So, so let, what do you do there then? Yeah, so I work for a, I work for a private equity company called Barack Wealth. Uh, it's based out of Dallas, Texas. And we basically specialize in acquiring large multifamily apartments. Um, and I work as I work in the investment investor relations aspect of it. That's awesome. So, so you and I have a lot in common because I invest in real estate and we syndicate as well. And of course, I mm -hmm. invest in uh, Bitcoin and, and not only Bitcoin, a lot of cryptocurrencies. So, so what kind of assets do you personally invest in? Yeah. So, uh, you know, right now, I just, right now it's just strictly real estate and Bitcoin. Okay. Well, that, that, those two, I love both of those. <laughs> so we can talk about, and, and so let's talk about why those two. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, obviously they're hard assets, but, um, you know, for me, uh, you know, I had, I had a stock portfolio as well. And, you know, I just started looking at myself and looking at my actions. Right. So it's like, let's say you, you really want to lose weight and you're eating a lot of chips and, you know, like you're not, you're, your, your actions aren't aligning with like what you're actually doing. Right. So I had money in the stock, some, some money in the stock market and I had all this knowledge about Bitcoin and real estate. And I would say more so knowledge about Bitcoin. And I was like, why am I invested in? I had, right. know, I had Apple, I had Apple, Uber. Um, I had Amazon for a while. I bought that like a couple of years ago, uh, you know, some other stocks, right? Some other like uh, Vanguard funds and whatnot. And I'm looking at this money and I'm thinking like, why am I invested in these companies? Like literally, like I was asking myself, I was like, why do I like know the four PE ratios? Do I, do I look at the quarterly earning reports? Like, why do I think these are good? And I was like, well, this is more based off of uh, a hunch, you know, and people say right. like invest in the FANG stocks and, you know, they've gone up so much over the past 10 years. And it's like, hey, you know, I'm happy. But then I started thinking, like, if I were like, do I have do I have conviction in this asset class? Like if it fell by 10, 5, 15 percent, maybe. Right. Would I sell? I'm like, I have no I have nothing to base this off. Of. I'm just investing this money in something I have clearly no clue what I'm right. doing. Like, clearly no clue. And so last uh Last year, actually, during the pandemic, before, you know, Michael Saylor started, you know, purchasing large amounts of Bitcoin yeah. and using his uh, treasuries. Yeah, I, I, I started uh, liquidating my portfolio and then just moving the rest of it into Bitcoin. And um, yeah, so I now have a high amount of my liquid net worth um, in Bitcoin and something that I have conviction in. and. You know, the way I look at it is like, I'm very passionate about Bitcoin. I know a lot about Bitcoin. And, you know, for me personally, like if I were to die today, like at least I have conviction and passion in something. And if I lost all my money, which I don't think I will, uh, I can live with that. But if I were to have my money in the stock market and it were to go to, you know, zero or 70% drawdown or 20% drawdown, I would have no clue. I'd be like, dude, I don't know. Right. Why is Facebook doing this? I would be like, God, this is so stupid. Like, you know, how they say like weak hands, right? I, I feel like I have diamond hands in Bitcoin. If there was a five, 10% correction in Facebook, which, you know, isn't that much, right? In the crypto right. world, I would be like, ah, like, why did this happen? Like, is yeah. there a competitor? Like, I have no clue and right. I don't follow it. And I don't, and I don't, and I don't really, I don't, I don't know. I just don't, I just don't nearly care about it as much. And I don't find it nearly as interesting. And so, yeah, so that's why, you know, I'm heavily invested in Bitcoin. And then when I work with, you know, Boardwalk Wealth, I invest within the portfolios as well. So I'm on the GP side there. So uh, yeah, it's just real estate and, uh, you know, Bitcoin at the, mo at the moment. Got it. Okay. So let's talk about Bitcoin. What exactly is yeah. it? I'm pretty sure most of my listeners know by about it by this time because of all the um, in last six months, what has happened with Bitcoin, I was telling them or I was telling my friends in 2017 and no one wanted to listen. So, so 
Yeah. Define Bitcoin for us. Yeah. So I would define uh, Bitcoin as a peer-to-peer -peer digital asset with a network effect. Um, so basically, you know, the network effect, you know, if you want to think about Facebook or if you want to think about cell phones, it basically says the number, it do, uh, the number of users, as the number of users grows within the network, so does the value of the network. So if I have one cell phone and you have one cell phone, like we can only call each other. So it's not that valuable. But now if we have four people, we have four people within our network. Or if you think Facebook, right? Like now there's whatever, a, a billion users on Facebook. Well, there's a billion people within that network. So if they want to run an advertisement, they could run an advertisement for you know peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to every one of those people if they wanted to like they own the platform first thing that you could probably see on your right hand side is buy peanut butter and jelly sandwiches so the number of eyeballs that's on that network it's now to perceive to have more value so a peer-to-peer -peer distributed a peer-to-peer -peer digital asset distributed on a network effect or distributed on a, a network with a network effect and uh, let's talk about why Bitcoin is the real deal. Yeah, so um, I believe it's back in 2009, uh, or was it 2009? 2009. Yes. Yeah, 2009, uh, Sato the Satoshi Nakamoto is a pseudonymous uh, creator. It's either a group of people or an individual. I tend to believe, I think it's an individual um, I think it's Hal Finney. I th he passed away from Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, but so he, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto created Bitcoin and it's a decentralized asset or decentralized, um, what am I trying to say? Decentralized token or decentralized coin. Uh, basically what does it means is as there's no central point of attack. So, you know, if you look at uh, Facebook, I didn't plan on comparing as much this conversation on Facebook, but it looks like I am. <laughs> Is uh, <laughs> Facebook Libra, so they, yeah, they, they yeah, they, they had the Libra, they had the Libra token, and then you know, Mark Zuckerberg had to go in front of Congress and uh, he basically was under the line of fire, right? And so, if you are fully decentralized, there's no single point of attack. So, Bitcoin has you know, mining rigs all throughout the world, they have nodes all throughout the world. So, there's no, I mean, America could say, hey. We 100% ban it, or let's say China, right? China banned it uh, for a little while. And then they come back and they say, hey, okay. And then I know India is rolling out restrictions on, I think, all cryptocurrencies. Um, you know, you can't own this. But as you know, I think it was the highest, the highest denominated bill in um, India, whatever it was back in the day. They just basically told everybody that owned that they're like, yes, this $1,000 bill, this $1,000 was no gone. Longer. Yep. no longer in circulation and the people that i basically had that are like what the hell and so they lost that money so you know with bitcoin it's fully decentralized um you know if you look back at the within this last year with all the quantitative easing uh yield curve control whatever you want to call it right so uh the government just keeps continuously printing and printing uh more money as as they go so more money more money more money more money but with Bitcoin, there's a hard cap of 21 million fixed supply, a hard cap of uh, 21 million fixed supply. So people cannot duplicate more. They can't say, hey, I own 500 million Bitcoin. It's like, okay, that's impossible. Like you can look at the blockchain. You can see where Bitcoin has been, you know, how's it going? 
it breaks down. It's, 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 it's slow. It's boring. It's effective. It's proven math and it's never been hacked. And so, yeah, it's just a very beautiful thing that, um, a lot of people are trying to wrap their heads around and, and me myself, you know, I'm still trying to learn every single day as much as I can. And, uh, within the crypto world every every year is a dog year right so if you've been in one year you've yes. been in seven years so there's things that are constantly changing it's the wild wild west you know it's hot it's sexy it's fun it's it's the future and investing in uber and facebook is like boring <laughs> it's just so boring to me it's like man like this is this is this is the come up this is the real thing this is revolutionary it's a revolutionary yeah. technology that is going to melt people's faces off and shock the world. I mean, it has shocked the world. And it's, it's just so cool to be, have a front row ticket and be alive and witness something like this and be privy to this information. You know, uh, if you go back and you look at, uh, you know, Facebook, right? Like I was in college at the time and I remember when it was coming out and, was like, okay, okay, cool. Like, you know, I don't know if it's just because I was young and I wasn't thinking of these things, but, you know, then everyone says, oh, you know, if I were to do it all again, like I would right, put so course. much money into Facebook and blah, blah, exactly. blah. Yeah. And there was, there was, a, there was, I think, I can't remember the exact amount, but there was somebody that did a mural for, I think the Facebook office, like one of the first Facebook offices. And they're like, listen, we can't pay you. We'll just pay you in stock options. And the mural that he painted wound up being worth like millions of dollars. It was like, sweet. Right, of course. But you know, it's like this, this cutting edge technology of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin has the value and the potential to change millions of lives. And some people are, um, you know, not as open to, I don't know, alternative investments or stuck in their ways or, you know, why I have my job here. I have my stocks. Like, why would I you know, care. So, you know, I can understand that, but, um, you know, from what I've learned, there's always opportunity. And if you have your eyes open and, you know, your ears open, you're more susceptible or more open to getting new opportunities that work out for you. So, um, no, this is great. And I, um, as I said, I believe in Bitcoin, of course I should have, as uh, you know, as you mentioned about Facebook or other stocks, you know, I feel like I wish I could have invested a lot more and I can go back in time, but that's all I could have, would have, should have, right? But the story is that, and only uh, people started talking or noticing about Bitcoin as of last year when it went from 4,000 to 60 grand in a year, yeah. right? At the same yeah. time when MicroStrategy started acquiring GBTC, Guggenheim came up with their own, uh, I mean, sorry, Grayscale came up with their own big trust and a lot of other companies, especially Elon Musk and Tesla, they started investing. So lots yeah. of momentum for Bitcoin, but but uh, in last month or so, it's it's start it has started to be snack netting. So where do you see it going from now? There on by end, like where do you see Bitcoin by end of the year and in next five years? And, yeah, and why? So, yeah. So I mean, uh, conservatively, I thought at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, so back it up to the last, last years, I thought, um, at the start of, at the start of 2020, right. I made the prediction in 2019. I was like, we're going to be like 7,000, like 655. Right. 
and I had like screenshots and like me and my friend were doing it and I got it within, you know, whatever, a couple hundred dollars uh, of the first day of January, 2020. And then, so January, 2020, I thought we would be uh, around $50,000. And uh, that was wrong. I think at the end of December, January, 2020, we're like around like 20 ish thousand. And so I was like, okay. And then, so this year, I thought we would finish the year out uh, around 20, or sorry, around $50,000. But, um, you know, things have obviously moved a lot faster. So I think, you know, right now, I think a conservative estimate would be that we'll finish the year, or I shouldn't say finish. I, I, I don't know about finish, but I think conservatively, we will hit at least $100,000 this year, conservatively. Um, people predict anywhere between 100,000 to, uh, you know, uh, the super cycle of Dan held, right. 300,000 plus, uh, I think that we will, like I said, conservatively, and I think we could very easily close out the year a hundred thousand dollars. So, you know, we could, we could have a blow off top to like 175, 210, and then come back down and then end the year in December at like 115, 120, um, but yeah, I think we can easily hit 100,000. I think it's a very high probability. Um, as far as where do I see Bitcoin being in the future? Uh, for me, I, I have a podcast as well. It's called rabbit hole finance. It's available on YouTube and on Spotify and whatnot, but I had a gentleman on my show. His name is Greg Foss. He's been on, uh, basically, you know, the Bitcoin circuit, but he deals in credit, credit default swaps and he works out of Canada and he's basically, told me that, you know, I asked him the question. I was like, yeah, you know, the store value market, there's around like four, 400, 500 trillion. He's like, actually the store value market is around 900 trillion. So I was like, okay. So, you know, him and I worked through the math and basically if right now, Bitcoin right now is currently at a $1 trillion, $1 trillion market cap, gold's around 10 to $11 trillion market cap. If Bitcoin were to get 10, a $10 trillion market cap, right? conservatively, right? If they get a $10 trillion market cap, Bitcoin would be around, Bitcoin would be around $500,000. Yeah. Now, and that's, a, that's what I'm hearing too, that yeah. in five and if, years. Yeah. And then, if there, <laughs> and then if, and then if there's a uh, $900 trillion market cap and Bitcoin is able to capture, you know, let's say 10% of that conservatively. So that would be a hundred million dollars or that would be uh, uh, 400 nine, and, nine, yeah, 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 there you go. That would be $90 trillion. So $90 trillion market cap will put Bitcoin around $4.5 million. Uh, Preston Pish from We Study Billionaires, he has a good podcast as well. Um, he was asked recently on his podcast, uh, but he basically said, like, somebody's like, how do you see this all playing out? He says, honestly, I think this is just going to be very accelerated within the next five years. And, you know, Bitcoin's out of Pandora's box. Uh, it's more so in the forefront. People say this time is different. I think, I think, I do think this time's a little bit different and it's going to move quick. And in, I, I don't know. I've been, I, I remember when I was younger and I wanted a cell phone, like, or no, I wanted a pager. Right. And my mom, uh, my grandma, and my mom were like, why do you want a pager? My friend up the street had a pager. And like my grandma was like, drug dealers only have pagers and doctors. <laughs> and you're not a doctor. Are you a drug dealer? And I was like, are we, 
are what what are you gonna get a pager for right and i was like she's like to page you to tell you to come out of your room for dinner i was like yeah page yeah. me to come out of my room for dinner or then it's like you know i didn't get it i didn't have a cell phone and then one of my friends would have a cell phone and then it's like oh okay i don't have a cell phone and then these things happen like gradually and then it's all of a sudden settlement like it's not like oh hey like now 25 percent of the people owns bitcoin like you should buy today okay now right. 50 it's like oh all of a sudden you look and it's like oh your grandma has a cell phone like when did all this happen and so these things are moving very quickly and you know i think once once the central banks start to uh, roll in whether that's going to be three years five years maybe 10 years um it's gonna it's gonna escalate quickly and you know that's where the bit within bitcoin too i didn't touch on it before but every four years they have a halving supply having and yeah which basically reduces the the amount of new issuance of bitcoin so every 10 minutes there's 6.25 bitcoin that are issued so in 2024 will be the next happening cycle. It's very boring. Just think like a New Year's countdown. It's like sometime in May. It'll be just like three, yeah. two, May one. of 2024. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like th three, two, one. And then like on whatever day in May 2024, it'll go, okay. And then it goes from uh, 6.25 to 3.13 Bitcoin. And now every 10 minutes, there'll be 3.13 Bitcoin. And then four years after that, 2028, there will be uh 1.6 sorry yeah one one point whatever 1.6 bitcoin yes. right so, so this is, uh yeah sorry go ahead so no i, I want to remind my listeners that uh, one we are not advising you to invest in bitcoin definitely do your due diligence we are not uh, investment advisors or experts in cryptocurrencies or bitcoin but we are passionate about the technology and the second thing about uh, the Bitcoin, the halving cycle, uh, uh, which Matthew mentioned, this is why uh, even though the Bitcoin mining started in 2009, we have already reached 18 million Bitcoins, 18, over 18 million. But to reach to 21 million, it's going to take us uh, through around 20, 2000, sorry, 2140 or 2150, something like that, because every four years, the number of bitcoins which could be mined would uh, you know get harmed right so that that's that's my understanding as well and this is why if nothing else supply and demand comes into picture right when everyone is trying to buy and the supply is actually reducing it's not increasing it's a finite supply but to reach to even that finite supply it's going to take another over 100 years so if everyone wants to get Bitcoin, of course, that the, there is demand and, and that is not enough supply. The price is going to up, go up because that's like basic, basic law of investing, right? Supply and demand. And the second um, uh, thing I was reading about is that around 100 million people own Bitcoin right now in the world. Think about that. It becomes just one trillion. Uh, sorry, one billion people, right? That's it. If nothing else, Bitcoin could go... 10 times from here without doing anything else because everyone as you said everyone would want it right because everyone starts talking about then and then it's in media all over then i'm like oh do you own a bitcoin i do then it's it's more like oh why why shouldn't i own one right so th those are some of the things i think but let's talk about another thing uh means you and i are talking about bitcoin and i am crazy about cryptocurrencies as well uh what about Ethereum? Actually, Ethereum is right now the Ethereum to BTC price ratio. It's, it's going crazy. 
And I compare sure. both of them, Bitcoin as gold and Ethereum as silver in the commodity space. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about Ethereum? Yeah, so uh, I had some Ethereum um, and I sold some of my Ethereum back when, uh, uh, what year? I always get confused with all these years. Uh, so we're in 2021. So I sold my Ethereum back uh, a couple months ago when it was uh, like hitting like a new all-time high of like 1800. Um, and as I said before, you know, I have a very strong conviction of Bitcoin and, you know, I've learned a lot about it. And then it's, it's like almost like version 2.0. I'm like, okay, so I have some Ethereum. I'm kind of doing the same thing with this as I was with stocks. And I'm like, okay. And I started looking into Ethereum a little bit more. And I'm like, why do I own this? And now I just owned it because I'll be like, oh, it's going to go up and blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, just rollbacks with the protocol, gas fees. And I was just kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't believe in this. And then when I, <laughs> I was just like, I don't believe in this. I don't, uh, could this, could this outperform uh, Bitcoin within like the, this, this cycle? Sure. Yeah. Great. I, I, I have no clue. Yes. But I was like, what am I, what am I willing to put my stake in the ground and as a man, as like me, Matthew Baltz, what do I believe in? And I believe that not very many people have strong conviction and is something that is flowing through their body and their bones. And it's like, do I feel this way about Ethereum? I was like, no. And then when I think about, can I cash this out and move it over into Bitcoin and have more Bitcoin? In my mind, I'm like, well, more Bitcoin sounds great. You know, if you're comparing Bitcoin or if you're comparing Ethereum to the US dollar, and it's like, well, could I have, you know, whatever, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 per, per Ethereum? I was like, yeah. Okay. Like, but what am I going to do in like six, seven years when, you know, the scarcity aspect of Bitcoin is even more right after a couple more cycles. And then, you know, now people are scrambling for this pure, you know, investment that they can use as far as collateral is concerned. And let's say there's a, a hack or something that happens with Ethereum, or they decide to change the protocol or Polkadot or, you know, one of these other side chains becomes equally as equivalent like bitcoin is like i don't even know how to describe it bitcoin is you know mars and these other chains are you know i'm not uh, like knocking them but they're all like colonizing the world still they're like <laughs> let's get on a ship and go to india and we're like we found land it's like great like we're on mars like we've right. left, but like you guys like could colonize and you could do some great stuff. And like, you're still on earth. Like we are like completely out here. We're aliens. We can come down. We can come on your land. We can go back. We can go over here. We can go over like wherever we want. Like we're, we're in a different stratosphere. Right. So for me, um, you know, Ethereum could be a good investment, but for me personally, I just, I'm just not the biggest fan. Oh, that's awesome. Let's take a quick break. And after the break, we'll go through the same questions I ask every guest. You're listening to the Wealth Matters Podcast. The Wealth Matters Podcast. For more info about what we do, check us out at wealthmatters.com. It's wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H, matters, M-A-T-R-S.com. 
So would you be changing any business or investment strategy after this pandemic is over? Um, no. So what you're doing is working then? <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I would, um, you know, I said, as I stated earlier, you know, I would be, I'm open, right? So, you know, my brother, he's invested in XRP and, you know, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I try and say like, Hey, send me some material. Like I'm open to learning, um, like prove me wrong kind of thing. Right. And so, uh, I'm open to other forms of investment, but for me and right now, what I, you know, once you really understand Bitcoin, it's this digital space, digital land in space that is this, one of the scarcest commodities in the world. And this land grab is only going to last for a set amount of time, right? Like, right. you need to get it as much as possible as soon as possible. Yeah. Favorite real estate or finance or any other related book? Um, yeah, I would say um, Richest Man in Babylon. It's a good book. Yeah, that's a great book. Any tool or website you recommend maybe for your crypto research or maybe to hold your holdings? Um, I would say Casa Keys for holding your cryptocurrency. And I guess you could go to Coindesk for articles and TradingView for looking at charts. Any advice for beginner investors? Uh, don't listen to other people. Gain as much knowledge as you can formulate your own opinions and think of the long game. How do you give back? Uh, so back in America, I was involved in Big Brothers, Big Sisters, um, which is basically just like a mentorship program. But since being abroad, I mean, I still con contribute to charities monthly. But, um, you know, right now, just trying, uh, I don't specifically give back in any way, but, um, I'd like to adopt a child in the future. So, you know, planning on that. So that's one of my things I'd like to get back. And uh, do you recommend any other YouTube channels or to gain more knowledge about cryptos? Or, or, or which yeah, YouTube so, channel or websites do you follow as well? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I uh, we study billionaires. They have a podcast that's on YouTube as well. Um, that's really good to follow. There's also uh, uh, what Bitcoin did is very good, very beginner friendly and read the Bitcoin standard. It's a little more in depth, but that's also a great book as well to start. Oh, and then uh, there's another book that I highly recommend is it's called uh, Hard Money You Can't F With. Uh, it's by Jason A. Uh, Jason Williams. Uh, it's a very good book and it has a good storyline. And, oh, and if you want a little more of another interesting book, we study billion or not, sorry, uh, Bitcoin billionaires. It's about the Winklevoss twins, the creators of Facebook and how they own yeah. 1% of the circulating supply. So that's a very interesting book as well. Yeah. Who wouldn't know about them? <laughs> so yeah. that's awesome. How can my listeners reach out to you? Yeah. So uh, the best way that people can reach out to me is if they want to email me at my email, Matthew at MatthewBaltzell.com. Or you guys can go to my uh, YouTube channel and subscribe and the first five people to subscribe and let me know, I have a special offering for you guys. So 
if you subscribe, first five people and message me, I have uh, an infographic that I, and some resources that I can help, you know, give to you guys that help you gain some more access and learn some more about Bitcoin. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Matthew. For sure. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing.